As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Hello and welcome to the first ever instalment of the Insert Name Here podcast. I'm your host, Luke Mountaney, joined by my co-host, Harry Whittingham. Harry Whittingham, you are how okay? Luke Mountaney, I'm how okay. Luke Mountaney, you are how okay? I am also how okay. This is going to be a fun little podcast where we're going to talk about sporting news, we're going to talk about things that's in the general news, as well as a few fun little topics and games and who knows what else. And hopefully down the line, COVID permitting, we will be able to get some guests on and get some interviews done. So we'll just launch straight into it. Harry, football is a massive part of our lives. It's massive for you as a Wolves fan because you got to experience something we've all been desperate to experience and that is you were able to return to a football ground yeah um, something something that uh, two three weeks ago I didn't anticipate doing but I was one of the very lucky few the 4,500 to be able to return to a fixture at Molyneux uh, where we took on Manchester United Um, it was special it was special so, just walk me through the experience of going back to the pre-game, walking into the ground. Because obviously, people that might not know, you're a season ticket holder. This is something yep. you used to do for years and years, every single week. So, to have that taken away for so long and find to get it back. And what was it like with the COVID precautions that are in place? Uh, well, just walking you through the whole day, it, 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 was, it was odd because it's the first despite the fact I've been a season ticket holder for 10 years, it's the first time I've gone to a Wolves game on my own. Um, my mate and my dad, who I've been going with, weren't lucky enough to get tickets. Uh, so it, it was surreal doing the doing the walk, but obviously, and we'll probably go on, to that, go on to that a bit later, but events that have happened in the few days leading up to it sort of overshadowed the actual return to the game. Um, but it was surprisingly normal. Um... It was really well done by the club, to be fair. It was easy to get in. The There was the relevant checks, but all you needed was your mask, your ticket, and your identity. Um, 
and you know they did encourage you to sort of walk in one direction um but once you're in the stadium you're in and it didn't feel obviously there was the social distancing aspect of it but the it, it didn't feel odd it didn't feel forced and the atmosphere I, I I didn't think the atmosphere was going to be as good as what it was, but it felt like there was a lot more than four thousand five hundred in the stadium. It was it was really enjoyable as an experience. Well, as someone who's watched the majority of these last few games, where fans have been back, it really has made a difference. You can really tell that fans are back, and as you said, even though it's not been anywhere near full stadiums, it's felt like it because everyone that's in there is so passionate and excited to be back. It feels like it's a full stadium. And that's what football's all about. Football is yeah. a f- it's a fans game. It's all about the fans. And to be getting back to that, it's so good to see. And it just, it, I think it's the first inkling that we're really starting to emerge towards the light at the end of the tunnel. And you have to hope that by next season, we may be seeing fans back to full capacities in stadiums. Yeah, um, I know, and I'll, we'll go on to talk about this, but I know you're a Chelsea fan, but the FA Cup final, was it last weekend it was? Um, was too, the most too soon? Yeah, was the most I've enjoyed a football match for a long time because although was it ten twenty thousand in Wembley? Yeah, it's about twenty. It, I think it wasn't particularly big attendance for the size of the stadium, but it was just it was just completely different. It 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 was just enjoyable to watch. It wasn't a particularly great game, but you were watching it because the fans and obviously. <laughs> Again, you won't say the same, but when Telemann scored for Leicester, I had goosebumps just watching those scenes, just watching fans go wild. It, it's just it. It's what sports all about. It's not sport. Sport wasn't created to be played in front of empty solar stadiums. It, you know, the most important aspect of sport for me is the fans rather than the uh, the personnel for me. Well, I'll, I'll disagree with my emotions <laughs> watching that goal go in, but. Um... They were more calm because blatant handball before it, but you know we won't discuss that here. We're not here to talk about the FA Cup, um, but yeah, I agree totally. It's, it is about the fans, and football was effectively back in a way because yeah. even though we've, it's been being played, it's not been the same. Uh, so, for you to have been one of the lucky few that's been able to see your team again, how excited are you to hopefully get that chance again, and hopefully? return to a full stadium with your normal pre-match routine like say walk in with your dad walk in with the same people sit in your seat yeah and have a full in your case Molyneux singing all together because that'll be absolute goosebumps for everyone you have to imagine that gets to be in any stadium yeah I um when I got there on Sunday I basically the ticket I had wasn't far away from where I normally sit so I I did just go and have a little stand by where I was and it, it, it was it was a weird moment, like, because I haven't been in that seat since March 2020, almost 15 months, effectively. Um, but, yeah, it'll be, it'll be unbelievable. The, you know, for every, everyone says this about their own club, but there's, there, really, there really isn't a stand in the world like the South Bank, honestly. It's the most unique stand in the country, I think. Um, and when it's bouncing, when it's full, it, it, it's just... It's going to be a special moment, and hopefully, hopefully they'll give us some special moments on the pitch as well. But it, it, the main important thing will just be having, be singing, like dancing with your mates, and just having a good time. And uh, you mentioned special moments and special moments and wolves, and I think right now there's nothing we can avoid talking about less than the situation with Mr. Nuno. Yeah. 
um, as a Wolves fan and someone I know for a fact loves this man you have a picture of him on your wall in your lounge yeah how have you felt hearing the news that he's going being it must have felt special to be able to be at that game and I was personally really happy you got to be there because I think for me you absolutely deserve to be there so what was the emotions like before the game during the game after it when he's clapping you off and then just your general thoughts on his time at at the Wolves um oh words I say won't do what Nuno's done not I think not just for Wolves but for me more importantly and I think for a lot of fans the city of Wolverhampton what he's done um I, I'm, I'm, you know, I'll, I'll say before I go on to it, I'll say I think this is the right decision. I, I think it, it was time for Nuno to go, and I'm really happy he didn't get the sack. It's a mutual agreement, and I think he knew it was time to go. Um, so I'm glad that he got that send off rather than it just being another game. Um, but that doesn't detract from the fact that. You know, a, a little piece of my heart broke when I read the when I, well when I saw the news. Um, he's he's a special man. He he's you know to put it into context, he, he come to a club who had just finished fifteenth in the championship for two seasons in a row. You know, they'd just come up from League One effectively, and and don't get me wrong, he's had money at his disposal. He's had new owners, but he's just reinvigorated the club. Um, took them into the Premier League I say took them took us into the Premier League took us to Wembley in a cup semi-final took us to a European quarter-final which unfortunately fans weren't able to be at um, and he, he just he, he's made us believe you know th- th- there is I mean probably not so much now after this season but the, there's genuine belief that we could be at the top again at the very top of English football um, but yeah it, it was hard walk into the game on Sunday because I, I've never seen anything like it because obviously the restricted attendance but people knew it was Nuno's last game I was walking and there was people walking back just coming back from the stadium who'd been outside seeing the coach in floods of tears um, you know people saying it's like a bereavement and stuff I, I, I have never quite known something like it um, but yeah and I, I thought to be honest I, I thought it was going to be a bit more emotional than I was at the ground but I was okay Um I had my I had my Nuno scarf on, and um, he came over and like he did the do the end of season lap of honour, um, and the fans had, they'd been singing his name all game stuff like we love you Nuno and that, but he did his goodbye, and then uh, I think the most you know the sort of moment where everyone was a bit shaky was uh, toward like I don't know if you saw it on the telly the players did a guard of honour for him, and um, it it was. You know, it's when he got to the end of that guard of honor, guard of honor, and Connor Cody was there, and I think he's the one man who epitomises what Nuno's done at Wolves. He's taken a man who, you know, is a brilliant leader and he's the heart and soul of the club. But without Nuno, there's a, there's a very good chance he's still a Championship midfielder now, and he's now a Premier League captain, playing. You know, he's played for England over the last few months. Captained England. Captained England. Scored for England, <laughs> which you witnessed. Um, and yeah, and you know, he, he, he I, I was all right walking out the ground, and I was like, right, it's time to move on. And then the bloody people at the media team 
Obviously, me and you both worked in media, so I will give him a shout out because that video, I think, I don't know if you've watched it, but like people have said it, you know, people who aren't Wolves fans say that video gives them goosebumps. Um, and that was, the, oh, I, I was just, I was inconsolable <laughs> watching it, to be fair. Um, but yeah, I, I just want to say thank you to him, really. Like, he, you know, he gave, he, he put 250 well half what is it quarter of a million pounds of his own money into the city in february and this is when it was all going wrong effectively and now that to me looks like it was a parting gift to wolverhampton and um i think more so than what he's done for wolves but just what he's done for the city of wolverhampton and like the local area i think he deserves a thank you and i, I you know i wish him all the best and i don't think no matter what success we have in the future there'll never be anyone who has quite connected with the club quite so much as Nuno Espirito Santo has for me and it's impossible now in the fickle world of football to not go from something as emotional as connected as you are to that yeah. for your next moment to instantly be well who's next yeah. I know this better than most people as a Chelsea fan yeah. you go manager 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 obviously it's not that case at all it's not like you've just been rattling through them but um, like for me, for example, obviously Frank Lampard, I, I love him, arguably more than anyone in the world of sport or even the world. I just love that man. Um, so when he left, that was a really, really difficult, like, oh, that was gutting, gutting to see. Mm. But you have to just go, yep. well, who's next? And then Tuchel comes in and then you're straight into that because that is the cutthroat world of football, especially at the highest level. So my question for you is, who do you think will be the next Wolves manager? And who would you want to be the next Wolves manager? Uh, I'm glad we're doing this today because I think it is going to be that Bruno Lager. Um, last, he last managed at Benfica and I think he won a title with them. If I'm being honest, I'd hope to be proven wrong, but I'm a bit underwhelmed by it. I wanted, I, I feel like we, we should be appointing a higher level of manager now, the uh, state we're in. Um, I would have liked Fonseca, who Mourinho has taken over at Roma. Um, but you know, I I, I was a bit disappointed because I'd heard that since noon since the announcement and the Nuno come out, um, a few high-profile names had got in contact with the club. Who high-profile is, you know, remains to be seen because there's not really many of the top top managers out of work at the moment, is there? Um, but I think it will be Bruno Lager and. You know, whether I'm convinced or not by him, first game of the season, I'll be right behind him. Well, uh, as you know, Joe Wiles, our friend, is also a Wolves fan. And I was yeah. chatting to him, and you mentioned Jose Mourinho there. Now, obviously, he's going to um, Roma. We were saying, if he hadn't taken the Roma job, we wouldn't have been surprised to see him pop up at Wolves with his Portuguese connections. He's clearly at a point in his career where he would like a new challenge, a project that he can build pressure would be off if he went to somewhere like Wolves it's not where well, you've got to win the league you've got to get top four because obviously he had that with Man United and he achieved but he didn't win the league and he got slated for that and then he's gone to Spurs and he didn't get top four and then he struggled again and he's been sacked from there and it's maybe putting doubts over his his legacy in the Premier League um, and I think somewhere like Wolves would have really been attractive to him because you have a good squad you have good owners, you have good backing, you have a great support. And I think that's the sort of project he would have been after. Hence why I think Roma is a very similar situation over in Italy. But I think 
if he hadn't got that job, if Nuno had gone a few weeks earlier, or it had been announced a few weeks earlier, sorry, I wouldn't have been surprised to see Jose Mourinho popping up in the Molyneux dugout. How would you have reacted to an appointment like that? Because I think that is the sort of way you bounce back from losing Nuno. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, I'm gutted he's got the Roma job, if I'm honest. I would have absolutely loved Mourinho at Wolves. And personally, I think Mourinho would have loved it at Wolves. I think it would have been the closest connection he's had with fans since his time at Chelsea. Wolves are a different club to Chelsea and Spurs. Wolves are an underdog. Chelsea demand success. Spurs, not so much, but they are still... They are, Well, they're self-proclaimed big six, aren't they? They expect to be in the top six every season. Wolves don't, but they expect success, and I think that would have been the perfect relationship. But what I will say is not our manager now. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. But I won't be shocked if in the next three, four years, Jose Mourinho is the manager of Wolves. If, obviously, we're still in the Premier League, which remains to be seen. But I could see that happening, yes. I, I, can't, I can't help but totally agree with you on that one. And just a quick final note on Wolves. Obviously, news coming out today regarding arguably your star man alongside Jimenez in a Neves. And rumours that he could be departing the club, that he's been put up for sale, and at a price that we both were quite shocked at, at how low it was. Yeah, £35 million. Um No, let's not beat around the bus. Neves hasn't had a particularly great season, but he's more than that for me. I think he, after Cody, is our captain. I, I had visions of him being our long-term captain. Clearly, the news today... I mean, it, let's face it, he's up for self £35 million. Is anybody going to buy him? I would say yes, but there's no saying that'll happen. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm disappointed, and I think... Not not just disappointed at the fact that a good football player is leaving the club, but I think we could get at least 40, 45. We could even stretch to 50 if someone really wanted him, and it just feels like a bit of a... just It it's, just feels a bit underwhelming. Well, I, I was saying to you earlier, I think 
with a signing like Neves, because he's still so young and yeah. shown so much talent. I mean, to be Porto captain, at, he was a teenager, wasn't he? Yeah, he was captain in Porto in the Champions League. And he's hardly underwhelmed at Wolves. He, he's shown that he can do it in the Championship and then came up to the Premier League and continued to do it. Like you say, he's not had the best season, but he's hardly had a shocking season either. Um, so I think to sign a player like Neves, you should be paying that extra, that premium, yeah. because you're buying an investment player. You're not buying someone in their prime. You're buying him for the next five, six, seven seasons. Yeah. So I think that's where the extra money could be brought in, but obviously it's just not working out that way. Yep, yeah, I agree. Um, we just... <laughs> It's a tough one, really, but it just feels like the club haven't used the the full value of the asset. But they need. I mean, if I'm if I'm right, he's only got two years left on his deal. So in reality, if they want to get a decent figure, they'd need to sell him now because no one's going to pay that figure for him with one year on his deal. Hence the reason why I think. I mean, I think Traore is very close to signing a contract, but he's in the same situation. So. It's a it's a it's a massive massive summer for Wolves. Probably the biggest summer we've had since Nuno took over. Um, so it it's never boring at Wolves. But well, apart from last <laughs> season, but uh, it's never boring. And uh, the next the next nine or ten months are going to be very 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 interesting. And um, we'll just quickly now talk about the top four race that was that was the story of the end of the season because obviously Man City. Absolutely phenomenal. Walk the league. What was that? They won like something like twenty six games in a yeah, row or something ridiculous. ridiculous. Like when you do that, you're always going to win the league with the squad they have, the players they have, the manager they have. They are, I think personally, hands down, by a country mile, the best team in the world. I don't think anyone even comes close to Manchester City right now. So they understandably pretty much walk the league. But we still had that fight for the third place and and fourth place because uh, obviously Man United secured second a few a few games ago, and it very much was. I bet Sky were happy about it because uh, they had plenty to keep the viewers watching, and so yeah, it was very exciting, especially as uh, Chelsea. I say mm, I don't know, maybe not exciting is the right word. Uh, I've not been through that many emotions during during one football match before to go from. At the start, you're in the top four because everyone's drawing. Then Leicester score, but you're still in it. And then Liverpool score, and you're out of it. And then Spurs score, and it's weird. You're there cheering a Spurs goal as a Chelsea fan <laughs> more than like you ever thought you could. Uh, so then, you obviously, you go losing to Villa, concede a second. You're playing really poor. Leicester get a second penalty. They're winning again, and you just think it's all going wrong. Liverpool score a second, and I was not a happy man at that point. But we were able to pull it off. Not by our own accord. Thank you to Tottenham Hotspur. I'm <laughs> sure I never thought I'd ever hear coming from <laughs> your mouth. I'm sure all the the Tottenham fans are absolutely buzzing that they helped us secure the top four. That will have no doubt have been their season long goal. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was uh, it was horrible to watch as a as a fan there. Obviously, you were at, at Molyneux, uh, so you, you didn't obviously experience it as, as a neutral watching it, but I know uh, Joe watched the game with myself, and we were sat with our friend Cal, who's a Leicester fan. So I think maybe we touch on Leicester, because unbelievable season again, but also not, because to have spent, I think they've only spent three weeks or something ridiculous like that outside the top four across the last two seasons, and it was the last game week of last season, the last two of this season, and... 
yes, they've won the FA Cup under dubious circumstances, <laughs> <laughs> but um, they won they won the FA Cup, so it's, they've got success this season. It's another good season. They're in Europa League again next season, but if you listen to what their fan base feels, what their calibre of squad demands, then surely they need to be hitting that top four, especially when they're so consistently in there throughout the season. For me, the quality of squad they've got, they finished in the lowest place acceptable for them, fifth, because, yes, they're not as big as Arsenal and Spurs, but their squad's on the pitch. They're, they're, they're miles ahead of them. They're not even close. Um, but as you say, how two years in a row that's happened to them. They've been in the top four for 93 94% of the top uh, last two seasons. I know they've won the cup this year and as a football fan I think the cup matters more but it's not really about that because from the position they were in three or four weeks ago that they, sh- they shouldn't really have even been in a battle on the last day they should have had it secured um, yeah they had that they had that run of fixtures where they were taking on teams like Newcastle Southampton, Southampton yeah. and it should have been nine points from nine and I think they came out of that with four yeah and that's the point people will say you know Leicester lost to Chelsea and Spurs in their last two games but it's not those two games that cost them it's the failure to pick up the results against the teams they should be getting points against and it, it's going to be tough for them to come back from that because yes you've won the cup but it you, must be difficult yeah. on the mentality of the players for two seasons in a row. have they bottled it it's a weird one because it's not like say Man City don't get the top four that's Man City have bottled it right but it also sort of does feel like they've bottled it when you're there. So when it's because it was in their hands, no, it's not like they needed results to go their way and then they would have got it. Yeah, that's like how Chelsea and Liverpool ended up. We both needed Leicester to fail for us to get it, and fortunately it, they did. Yeah, but <clears throat> Leicester had it in their own hands and for the second season have dropped it at the literally on the final hurdle they fell. Yeah, and. I think, again, it's got to be so difficult on the mentality of the squad to bounce back from that. And they did it really well last season, and people thought maybe they won't. Even like I think Cal, who's a very optimistic Leicester fan, I think he predicted them to finish something like eighth this season because yeah. he thought it's going to be difficult to be in that situation and have it taken away. Yes, they won the FA Cup, so they've got that boost that will help probably carry them into next season. They've still got an excellent manager in Brendan Rodgers. They've still got an excellent squad. I don't see any of their big players departing at all. I think they'll bring in some good recruitment because they are very good at that. Yep. They desperately need to add to their squad depth. I think they've been hurt this season by James Madison, who I think hasn't been fit pretty much all season. When yeah. when have you seen James Madison play 90 minutes? He's, he's not done it. And he's a key, key player for them. Uh, I think it's helped that Tielemans has, again, been absolutely exceptional for them. Uh, Vardy has continued but in the second half of the season he's dwindled down so you are, there's yeah. question marks over whether it's finally that season where well Vardy's going to fade away one day and maybe he is beginning to fade but they've been fortunate that Ian Atro burst out and he figured out his so found out his uh, scoring boots and he was in very very good form near the end of the season and uh, it looks like Edouard's coming in from from Celtic who's done very well for them scores a lot of goals and obviously knows Brendan Rodgers very well helped him win multiple trophies multiple titles back to back so I think he could do well but 
you know, Vardy is still essential for Leicester. So it'll be, there'll be a very, very, very interesting party to watch. I think next yeah. season will be a very exciting season. I think there'll be a lot of big business this summer. We could see, well, Harry Kane looks set to move. So that's a major, major area. So who knows what Spurs will be like? Who knows where he'll go? If he goes to Man United, I can see men win the league. Yeah. I think Harry Kane yeah. is that good that you give him to Chelsea, Man United, Man City, obviously, and uh, Liverpool, them for any of them. Whoever has Harry Kane would win the league, I personally think, yeah. can easily do it. You've got, so that's an interesting one to watch. West Ham, how will they do? Will they be able to keep hold of Rice? Will they be able to sign Lingard permanently? Will he keep his form going? Will they get a big name in as well as that? Maybe a Tammy Abraham who looks set to leave us. Will they be able to replicate their season? Because obviously, I personally thought they'd go down. They were in such turmoil in the summer. It looked like a chaos club that nobody would want to be at. I thought Moyes would be gone really, really early on in the season. Well, he's seen it through and he's proven everyone wrong, especially people like me. And I think it's been good to see a team like West Ham up there finishing above an Arsenal of Spurs because it it keeps it fresh. They're in the Europa League. That'll be really exciting to watch. And a big club like West Ham, their fans hopefully will be able to attend. And imagine that, the West Ham and Leicester fans. That's really exciting to see for English football. It shows that English football is such a growing competitive league, except for Man City. Yeah. That... This se- next season, the Europa League representation for England is Leicester and West Ham. Yeah, it's not Tottenham, it's not Arsenal, it's not Chelsea, Liverpool. It's Leicester and West, and it's really, really good to see. It's a really strong league, isn't it? I-, I think you know, especially in the last few years, we had you know the Spurs Liverpool Champions League final, we had the Chelsea Arsenal Europa League final. This year, we've got Man United in the Europa League, and of course, as we'll go on to, we've got. You know, a real tasty sounding final between yourselves and uh, Manchester City, but yeah, it's it's going to be a really interesting season next year because a lot of clubs have adapted well to the pandemic. I'm going to sound like a bit of Wolves fan here, but Aston Villa, I think, have been one of the beneficiaries because, and this is not disrespectful to them, but they've got a very expectant fan base because they are an absolutely huge club. Yeah, They're massive, a massive, massive club. They're the biggest club in the second biggest city in the country. Yeah, they've won a European Cup thirty years ago. Ad, ad, well, forty years ago. Admittedly, not really that relevant in the modern day. But it still but has a big. It, it, it exactly, builds it the size of the club, and it matter to like I say it's like a forest and they're yeah. in the championship, but Leeds. Are, um, yeah, and Leeds, yeah. massive, massive clubs. It doesn't matter where you. If you have a European trophy in your cabinet, no yeah. one can take that away. It doesn't matter how long ago you won it you've still got that and like I say Villa Park is one of the best stadiums yeah. in England by a mile hence why when there was rumours of the Champions League final being played in England where was that going Wembley Villa Park's up there yeah. like the Euros people go and get games at Villa Park yeah. it's such a they're a massive club a massive fan base it'll be interesting to see if they keep Jack Grealish do you think do you think they will I think they could it seems Man City are sniffing around him and I think if he goes there that would be absolutely devastating for the rest of the league because imagine his talent added to that squad the, the thing is with Grealish is that he always looks he, he's capable of playing for a top club definitely I think he's a fantastic player he's so unique but you just clubs never seem to seriously bid for him the, the, the only time I remember it is when Spurs did it when Villa were struggling in the championship financially and blooming hell I bet Spurs wish they'd have bought him for 25 million now but um, yeah it, it, oh, if he leaves Villa 
and they'll get a lot of money and a lot of money I could at see at least 80 yeah I could generally see Villa pushing for 100 yeah you could if they wanted to I think it'd be minimum 80 with add-ons and yeah. I think they're add-ons that he will trigger yeah yeah definitely um, but as we've seen with Aston Villa they've done well with Watkins admittedly invested well in him Martinez has been good for him don't get me wrong I've got my own views on Martinez. Wait till next season with Martinez with fans. That's all I'm going to say. Because I've watched him for half a season at Wolves. And he, he was questionable. But um, Troy always done well since they brought him Troy, in. Troy always been alright. Barkley started well and fizzled out when Grealish got injured. But on the whole, that first season Villa came up, they spent about 130-odd million. They didn't really invest it very well. The, I think they are better off keeping Grealish and not having that... 80, 90, 100 million. Yeah, I'd agree. Because I think they won't get... a. If they get 100 million and buy one, two, three, four players, yeah. they, no matter who they buy, will not have the same impact in a season that Jack Grealish will have for yeah. them. The only reason they sell Grealish is if he really wants, wants to, go. to go. And they owe him enough at this point that and if he wants to go, he can go. But and I think he should because... Yeah. He, and it's the same with Harry Kane. Great players... Massive respect for them to stay in with the club they love. But they need to go and win trophies. These players have the ability to be trophy winners. At the end of your career, you don't want to retire and think, I was great, but I haven't won anything. You know what I mean? No, I know Shearer won the Premier League with Blackburn, but imagine if Shearer had gone to Man United. You know what I mean? When he could have. When he could have. He... And he's he the Premier League's all-time top scorer. He's an English icon of football but his stock could have been bigger. Yeah, correct. And that's where players... And that's where I differ. I mean, as I say, if I was, if I play for Wolves, maybe I'd give you a different answer, but I don't play for Wolves because <laughs> my career was ended by a tragic uh, loss of ability. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I, 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 think, I think they should move on and go to top clubs where they can be challenging for trophies year in, year out. I'll quickly ask you this. Where do you think Harry Kane will be playing his football next season? Manchester United. I say I think he's a Man United player. I think yeah. he just looks like a Man United player. If you look at him, he reeks of Man United. Yeah, they've given Cavani this new deal, but there's no way they're backing. Well, Cavani's going to win as a league because he won't. He's had this really, really good season, but Gareth Bale has had more goal contributions, and he's been apparently rubbish for, yeah. for Spurs this season. Uh, I'm not taking away from Cavani because he has actually obviously been excellent. He scored more goals than Werner, yeah. and we paid a lot of money for him. Yeah, um, and he's he's he has done very well. But uh, yeah, I, I do think Harry Kane just looks like a Man United player, and obviously City seems to be the one that is in the most prominent position for him. They've yeah. got the money; they need a striker because obviously Aguero's off to Barcelona. Jesus is not the Manchester City striker. He's a good striker. He's a backup striker though. Um, yeah. And I think if you're Kane, though, you go to City, you're going to win trophies. If yeah. you go to Man United, you make them win trophies. Yeah. And I think he would prefer to have on his record that he won Man United the league because Man City will win trophies regardless. Harry yeah. Kane or not, they will win cups and leagues galore. Like that's what Man City are now. But Man United, when it was, they haven't won anything for a while. Yeah. Obviously, they're in the Europa League final. They could, win, they should win that realistic against a team like Villarreal. No disrespect to Villarreal, but Man United's squad is yep. absolutely excellent, and it's 
if he goes there, I think, like I said to you earlier, I think Harry Kane wins Man United the Premier League. I think he wins them an FA Cup. And his trophy cabinet will get filled. He'll play every single week. He'll be that star man. He'll, he's, he'll be bigger than Bruno. He'd be bigger than Bruno at Man United. And he'd still get to play. People go, oh, well, he gets to play with De Bruyne. If you're Kev, um, Harry Kane, you want to play with Kevin De Bruyne as a striker. Yeah, well, you still get to play with Bruno, who is yeah. exceptional at creating. It's played with Rashford, who's and that's another element, the English connection. I think that's a major part of it because he'll know Rashford, he'll know Luke Shaw. There's a lot of English players yeah. in that uh, Man United squad. I think a manager like Oli is probably a welcoming manager for someone like Kane because he'll let him do what he wants. Yeah. Whereas if he goes to Man City, Pep will go, you have to do this. You won't play every week. You won't play this. You might not play then. We rotate all the time. And I don't think Kane... Kane wants that, got the break Shearer's record. And I think he has the ability to do it. Look at this season. Yeah. I mean, it shows the colour of player he is, that he got the Golden Boot, the Playmaker of the Year award, and didn't finish inside the top six. That's how good he is. Yeah. And it's absolutely... He's, he's I think, probably... I think he's the best player in the Premier League. Yeah, I, I think agree. Kevin I agree. De Bruyne's obviously the one everyone says. I think ability-wise, De Bruyne is unmatched. But I think Kane is the best player in the Premier League in terms of he will do the most for any club. So he, it's ex- really exciting to watch what happens as that continues to unravel. I'd give my right, left, and uh, right and left arm, my legs, everything. I'd be a if you put my head in a jar and stick it on a seat at Stamford Bridge, I'll happily watch Harry Kane play <laughs> the Chelsea shirt. I absolutely love him. Um, I don't think it'll happen for obvious reasons because. We're Chelsea and Spurs, we don't do business. And I think he's already said, Levy, that he'd want an extra 50-odd million from us. So yeah. you're looking at 200 million, which we're not going to spend. I think our business will look something like... I think we'll get Lukaku, likely. That was quite likely as a striker, and I'd very much take that. I love him. I've wanted him since he signed for Man United. That summer, we were after him. Yeah. They were after Morata, and somehow we signed each other's players. Very weird. Neither worked out, really. Um I'd love Declan Rice. I think he's exceptional and he's one of my favourite players in the whole world to watch. Probably my favourite non-Chelsea player. Um, and I think he very clearly wants to come to Chelsea from how he speaks, what he says. Obviously, he's mates with Mason and everything like that. So I think if we go for him, he would want to do it. It costs us a fair chunk, but I think he's worth that money, especially as that's the position we quite need to improve. And I'd, I'd probably see a centre-half coming. But I don't think we need to do much business. I just think we need that striker that's going to score us 20 goals. Yeah. We need a new midfielder to play with Kante and then gradually replace Kante because he's obviously getting older. And then probably another centre-half. And we're linked with someone like Marquinhos because he's looking to possibly leave PSG. Yeah. Close relationship with Tuchel. Brazilian. We've, got obviously, we've had lots of Brazilian links at the club. So I could see that happen. And I think a summer of... Simply, Lukaku, Rice, Marquinhos is exceptional. Yeah. And I think we're in a position to challenge next season. Yeah. I, from a neutral point of view, if I was to call it now next year, I'd say your titles between Man City, I think Man United have got a shout, as you mm-hmm. say, make the right signings. Um, they they look good to me now. The, for the first time since Ferguson's left, I look at them and think they look all right. Um, and Chelsea... Maybe Liverpool if they're fully fit, but I think Liverpool have fallen off just mm. a bit. I now. think they need a striker as well because yeah. Firmino, he obviously has done it, but he, he didn't really do it. I think Firmino doesn't win you a league. Um, we'll quickly move on now to international football. 
as today Gareth Southgate has released his provisional England squad. I have left it to you. I haven't looked at this squad yet. You've told me a handful of names, so just the obvious ones and the ones that I, the Chelsea players. I wanted to know them, but so I'll, I'll let you reveal it to us and myself. Um, obviously, it's a provisional squad. I think 33. not thirty-three players, and he's got to cut it down to. 26. 26. So um, cut seven out. So seven of these players. Well, you know what? We'll, when it's done, we'll name the seven we would cut. Okay. Um, I think it's not a clever decision from Gareth Southgate. I think he has bottled it. Because yeah. why is every no one else is doing a provisional squad? Why are we doing it? It's not like this football still to be other than the Champions League final. What's being yeah. played that can affect his decision? He shouldn't. He should have known this his squad a while ago, and I think he does. I think he's just scared of the backlash and he wants to leave it till right at the last minute and hope that his backlash for who he's left out and who he has taken will be swept under the rug by the flow of England's football's back Euros and all that buzz that comes with it so um, I'll let you I'll let you do the squad and I'll right. blind so, reaction from me here <laughs> your England provisional squad your goalkeepers are Dean Henderson Sam Johnston Jordan mm. Pickford and Aaron Ramsdale Ramsdale? Ramsdale no Pope no Oh, he's injured, injured though, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. So that's. In- I wonder which one. Who, which one of them would you not take then? Got to be Ramsdale, aren't they? Surely. <laughs> I'm not a Ramsdale fan. I don't, I'm, I'm not even. You can't be back-to-back relegations as a goalkeeper yeah. in the Premier League and then picked for England to go to a major tournament. Obviously, the third choice keeper doesn't get picked. It'll be Henderson or Pope. I mean, um, Henderson or Pickford that's playing in goal. But right. Yeah. Your defenders. It's alphabetical. Okay. Trent Alexander Arnold. Okay. Ben Chilwell. Yeah. Connor Cody. Ben Godfrey. Reese James. Harry Maguire. Tyrone Mings. Luke Shaw. John Stones. Kieran Trippier. Kyle Walker and Ben White. So there's four right backs in that provisional squad. I think I I personally would take three. Yeah. Me I'd too. take I'd take James and I'd take Walker as my right backs. And then you take Trent because he offers something that no one else does. You can throw it. Yep. If we need a goal, sub him on with, I don't know, 20 minutes, 30 minutes to go. And sub on alongside him. I'd personally take someone like Calvert-Lewin. Obviously, you've got Kane on the pitch. So them two up top and let Trent just whip balls into the box because one of them will score a header, you'd like to think, in that scenario. Uh, Godfrey, no idea how he's in there. Um, Over Keane as well. I mean, oh, yeah. he's not even the best centre-half at Everton, I don't no, think. But. No, I'd agree. Um, and I think Trippier has been good. He's won the league with Atletico Madrid, but equally, I think it's time for different time right backs. Um, yeah. And Ben White's a very strange one. Yeah. Um, good player, but... Is interesting, he played, not, interesting. That's his first England call-up, I think, isn't he's it? He's not... I mean, I don't think he's been bad this season, but he's not been... He hasn't been exceptional, has he? Like he was at Leeds when he really shone. I say that. Has there been 33 exceptional English players this year? Probably (laughs) not. not. Um, Hence why two of the four goalkeepers picked (laughs) have been relegated. (laughs) And one of them, until the back half of the season, was a backup. (laughs) England. Um, Yeah, yeah, interesting. Um, Midfielders. Jude Bellingham. Jordan Henderson. Jesse Lingard. Mason Mount. Calvin Phillips, Declan Rice, and James Ward-Prowse. So I don't think there's many issues I have with any of them positions. So players, um, Henderson's obviously the biggest question mark because yeah. he hasn't played football for a very long time. Um, but I do think if he's fully fit, he starts for England alongside Declan Rice for me. 
he's a very very good player but you have to question taking you don't do you risk a position on a player that's not played football for that long I think probably not it's it's an interesting question, but he's a leader, isn't he? Yeah. He's a leader. O- only Gareth and Jordan will know how uh, fit they are. Yeah, exactly. And he's a leader, and I think. Well, I mean, we'll talk about this once yeah. we've done the whole squad. But I think there's another player in there. I think is going because he's a leader rather than not playing. Um, I think you mean Ward Prowse. I was thinking Conicode. Oh, I thought you meant in the midfield. Yeah. Oh. I think I think Ward Prowse probably will get cut because I just think. <laughs> If you've got a player yeah. on the bench that's a set piece person that's going to come on and whip balls in, I'd much rather have Trent than, yeah. than him. Right. Now, the, the, to be fair, this forward line, I'm salivating a bit. <laughs> it's pretty good. This is all we've got, really, is England. We've just so, got the attack, and we've got attack and right backs. <laughs> yep. Yeah. yeah, literally. Um, so, Dominic Calvert Lewin, Phil Foden, Jack Grealish, Mason Greenwood, Harry Kane, Marcus Rashford. Bakayo Saka, Jaden Sancho, Raheem Sterling, and Ollie Watkins. I'd cut Saka instantly from that. Yes, me too. I think he's a very good player, but I don't think he's worth taking to the Euros at all. I mean, he's, he's been on the bench for Arsenal for the last few weeks, and he, Arsenal have not been very good. He'll get so. a chance at another tournament. Yeah, in the he, future. It, he'll be down he the line. Go. I think the biggest issue that goes against him is he can play in so many positions because. He's not a nailed on left back, left wing back, or winger. He's just yep. sort of a player, a very good player, obviously. <laughs> Don't know disrespect to him, but um, I wouldn't take him. I probably wouldn't take Watkins either out of that. No, I'd take Calvert Lewin as my other striker option. You're, he's an out and out. Yeah. He, he's an out and out, like for like with Kane. Isn't now, he? now we've got the um, extra yeah. two players, isn't it? We can take because it was twenty four. It's now twenty six. I'd take as the third striker. I would take um, Mason Greenwood because I think. He is after Harry Kane the best finisher in the Premier League. I yeah. think if the uh, if you want the ball to drop to someone, say it's the semi-final. God, where did we get that far? Uh, <laughs> say it's the semi-final, and you can throw a lad like Mason Greenwood on for the last five minutes. If the ball falls to anyone in the box, and they're going to stick it away with one chance. I It'd think Mason him. Greenwood does it. Yep. Ollie Watkins, I wouldn't want. I won't say I wouldn't back as much. Obviously, I think he's in a great play. He's had a great season. But I just think that he's not the right person Greek, to go. I think England. I think after Harry Kane, Mason Greenwood's the second best finisher in that side for me. Yeah. Um so yeah, it's an interesting squad. There's four four uncapped players in that squad. How many do we need to cut from it? So we're going from thirty three to twenty six, is that seven? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Right. So one keeper, we've agreed Ramsdale. Ramsdale. How many defenders would go from that, would you say? <sighs> Maybe three? I would cut Trippier. I'd cut Trippier. I would white, cut White, and I would probably cut oh, Godfrey. Godfrey. Yeah, them three. So that's four players. Midfield, I'd cut probably Ward Prowse. You see, I cut Phillips, but I think Phillips will go. Yeah, I think Phillips plays a big part for England. Um, just because so he we cut him more. No, so we cut him more Prowse. Yeah, that's five, five. players gone. So Saka, two more Saka and Watkins. Watkins, and I think that's, I think that's probably the squad that will go, the one that we've just like cut yeah. down to there, and it, uh, I'd be happy with that squad. But you know what? It's a few injured players in there though. Grealish just come yeah, back from injury. Henderson that, that's not played for a while. Because for me, Henderson and Grealish, if fully fit, start. 
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Now, do those two start if you're not convinced on their fitness? I would say less likely with Grealish because we've got more options we don't have many people who can replace Jordan Henderson for what he gives us and no. as a leader. I mean, who are you putting in there? You probably I'd put in Phillips in next yeah. to him instead or I'd go Rice Phillips Mount as my midfield three, probably. You see. Me and you have said this before, I differ yeah. on this. I, I think I, I see why you do that and I can understand it. But for me I'd like us to be a bit more expansive. So I'd have one of Henderson or Rice playing next to Mount in the eight, and then have probably Foden in the ten. Yeah, me. I can. Foden's been playing out wide a lot though. Yeah, hasn't he? So he sort of becomes and Grealish because you know yeah. last season you just said Foden and Grealish both number tens, but they're both very, mm. especially especially Grealish. He's he's looked like an even better player out wide, doesn't he? On that I left think he side, because he has that more ability to run with the ball, yeah. that more space, and with the ball at his feet, he's pretty unmatched. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. Uh, but we'll leave the sport there, because this is not just a sport podcast, we do want to talk about other things, so we will touch on the news. There's not been too much exciting, positive stuff in the news. Uh, obviously, we're not here to talk about COVID, no one wants to escape from COVID to listen to people talk about COVID. So we're going to talk about something a bit more light-hearted, well, a lot more light-hearted, uh, <laughs> Eurovision, and from one uh, potential failure on an international stage to one that already has happened. Uh, in UK, not England, sorry, the UK represented at Eurovision, a contest that I'm not personally that much of a fan of. I don't think I've ever watched it. <laughs> um, but I was very proud as a Brit to see us get zero points because we are <coughs> the nation that everyone hates. So <laughs> Yeah, we live rent-free in everyone's head. We are the mill wall of uh, the mm. Europe, aren't we? Uh, yeah. Uh, I, I'm with you on this. I've never watched Eurovision. It doesn't work for me. People from other countries voting about how good someone from other countries' music is with all traditions and that. And especially when, as you say, it's just a political thing. Like Everybody yeah. hates us, so we'll, we'll never win it. And to be honest, I don't think we really care if we win it or not, do we? No, I don't think any. I mean, look at him at the end. He took it like exactly how you'd hope anyone from England or sort of UK would take it. Um, is there? It's announced last place, zero points, and he's shaking his beer <laughs> everywhere. And uh, I just thought, there you go. That that man epitomises yeah. our outlook on the rest of the world and how they see us. Yeah. But I thought, yeah, that, that was quite um, quite interesting to watch all the the reaction online to it and uh, that sort of thing. I think we're probably the only country in the world where people generally beam with pride at the fact that we just get less and less points every year don't we and the only gutting part was that we were still three points behind the Germans oh, as per <laughs> always be as per the Eurovision Song Contest is where people go out sing on the stage and at the end you're behind the Germans yep as per usual <laughs> just like on the football pitch um, but we're going to go for a little segment that we're going to try and most weeks now and we've got a little spin wheel now we are completely blindsided by these 
uh, we've got no idea what's going to uh, come up. So I'm spinning now. And the topic this week is going to be... Ooh, what is your favourite food? Oh, Good okay. shout. Shall That's we expand this right? So, you got a favourite food. What's, like, your ideal meal? So, like, Saturday night, are you going mm-hmm. out? Are you staying in? Go on. Where's it I'm, going? I'm a big Italian man. I love my uh, pasta dishes. That's where I thrive. That's where I'm yeah. happiest. Um, I think if you have an Italian, you always want to go out for Italian because you can't be a proper cooked sit down in the restaurant and the, and the ambience of it all is lovely. And especially after we've been locked down for so long, going yeah. out is lovely. Um, I've been able to go out a few times recently for meals. I was out for one yesterday and going out for things like that is uh, genuinely like, oh, we're getting back to normal now. And it's just part, yeah. of, part of the world we want to live in. Um, so I love an Italian. Uh, I, I'm I'm very easy on the puddings. Yeah. Anything. I'm an easy man to please there. Anything a bit chocolatey, and you you tickle my fancy there. What about yourself? Where where would you go if you've got any? If you could go out for a meal, because I think that's a nice way to phrase yeah. it. Because after being locked down, you're going out for a meal tomorrow night. Where would yeah. you want to go, and what would you have? Um. So I, a very good shout. The Italian that would be my second choice, but I love going out for a curry. Um. A ruby mori is delightful. A ruby mori. Uh. Preferably a chicken tikka masala. Don't, not too bothered about the spice, but I just like a nice. It's just a very tasty dish, isn't it? Bit of garlic naan, dip it in. Um, I'm not massive on rice, you know. Like I don't dislike it, yeah. but I'd rather have chips or something with it. Dip in. Have you ever had the half and half bit, half rice, half chips? No. Co- Mate, that's that's exceptional. So anyone <laughs> listen, try that sometime. So instead of just having a whole bowl of rice, yeah. so have half the bowl be rice, half the bowl be chips, and then put your curry on, and it is really, really, it works weirdly oh. well. They, they blend together, it's very nice. And again, I, I love a curry as well. And that's another one that if you go out for a curry, yeah. a takeaway curry and have it at your house is obviously lovely, but to go out for one is that extra element yeah. where you sit there and you've got it all over, all like the little sharing bits, the, like the sides, and you have yeah. a drink, and it's just it's such I was going to really say, no, I mean... You're a side man, aren't you? But I like um, just a nice lager with it or something like that. And um, I'm with you on the puddings as well. I'd have something chocolatey. Um, I like a chocolate case. Not a war- something warm as well. Like a warm chocolate pudding. Well, I think we've blitzed through it, so we might as well whack one more out, maybe. What, one more on the old spin wheel. Ooh, this is very... No, this is more interesting. What's your best characteristic? Mine or... Okay. Um... I think should we go for one for each other because we do know each other well. Okay. Um, I'll let you. I'll let you go first. What? So one for you? Yeah. yeah r- give my ego a little boost. Uh, <laughs> I'd say you've got the ability to uh, talk like just like I don't. I don't, don't want to swear. <laughs> Me and you talk a lot of waffle. Waffle, shall we say? <laughs> and like we can just we can just talk about it and laugh about it, and it's just it's good time in it, like. Just yeah, more relaxed. Very similar for you, mate. It's, it's along the lines of, I feel like us two, you could place us anywhere and we'll just talk to someone. Yeah. What What's a characteristic that you'd look for in someone else, like a friend or a girl or or anything, a partner, anything um, like that? I, I probably exactly what I've said to you. Like, I just, I I think the best thing in life is laughing. Yeah, like, hundred percent agree. And like, I, I like if you could like if I was gonna go out to the pub, the reason I'd go is to have a laugh. And like yeah. just just smile or go out for a meal, like 
so, social aspect of everything. Yeah, like you don't have to be a comedian, just being able to like not take yourself seriously. You know what I mean? And just like be able to laugh, like like laugh at yourself, or just t- like just sort of look at the funny side in things. Sort of thing, especially over like the last fifteen, sixteen months. You know, it's a pretty miserable world we've been living in with COVID, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm a strong I believer think- in the idea that if you think of something funny whether or not it's going to land it's yeah. your sort of right to just put it out there in the world because who who doesn't like laughter like yeah. laughter is the best and so if you think of something funny just say it yeah obviously don't if it's, <laughs> if it's <laughs> if certain, there's certain parameters to it but um i think it's, it's sort of like your human right if you can if your brain has generated something that goes oh that's funny yeah just say it and uh you know it's there to put out in the world and it's just you know it's, it's something for people to talk about something for people it can lighten someone's day someone could be having a hard day and you just say one little thing that's nothing to you just off the cuff little one line and yeah. it could help them just put a little smile on their face <laughs> <laughs> yeah no I agree we are going to have an element on the podcast called the joke of the pod and it seems like a prime time to do it now after that so I'll I'll, uh, I'll who knows if it'll land hopefully it might tickle you at home if you enjoy it Try it out on your friends and family. Harry? Yeah. I went to the binocular shop the other day. Right. I'll tell you what, they yeah. saw me come in. <laughs> <laughs> We're here all week. We're on after the bingo. Oh, dear. <laughs> oh. Let's swiftly move on. <laughs> I feel like that's, this segment could be swiftly moved on every week. But that's what we're here for. Because be, if one person enjoys it, that's all we need. And uh, like I said, try it out on your friends and family. Right, Harry, who is your biggest inspiration? It's a good one, that. I, I mean, I, I listen to a lot of music and stuff, so mm. I, I got a lot of... I love Metallica. I got a lot of admiration for James Hetfield, the lead singer, because he's very very open with his, like, demons and that. Like, he's had some... You know, he's had some pretty traumatic events earlier in his life, and basically he sort of had to deal with being in the biggest band on the planet probably when he was about 25 which is very young obviously and obviously thing like things happen and he basically became an alcoholic and but he's very open about it and went to rehab in the early 2000s learned to not be an alcoholic if you want to say um and then basically had to do the same a couple of years ago and it, it's just you know it basically shows that everyone's human Everyone thinks these people who are celebrities are indestructible or whatever. But he's clearly got a very big mental health battle going on and I think he's very inspirational. And I think I I think he's quite like if I was like if I was a dad to someone or something, I'd I'd be very happy for them to look up to him. Like I think he's very inspirational and yeah. But he would be he would be one of my inspirations. And then one more thing that we're going to do on the podcast each week, and this is obviously, hopefully, down the line, we'll be able to get guests. Hopefully, we'll try and figure out the logistics of doing that very soon. Uh, a question that we're going to ask, what is something, and I'll ask it to you this week, Harry, what is something that you would like to have achieved within the next five years? Great question. Um, we're sports journalists, so in terms of my career, I'd quite like to be a regular at Wolves, regularly co- regularly covering Wolves or Premier League football just doing well in my career but you know we'll see where that takes you obviously it's very ambitious at the moment because 
hardly anyone walks into a Premier League job, do they, from university? But what's the point in not having ambition? Is there? exactly there. You go. Um, we'll probably begin to wrap it up now. Um, as we say, we'll try and get one to two maybe out of these out a week. We hope you've enjoyed it. We're going to probably set up a social media, so we'll keep you updated on that. As for now, you can follow ourselves. Our, my Twitter is at Luke underscore Mountainy, and Harry's is H Whittingham Six. So you can follow us on there for updates about the podcast, if more is going to be out, when they're going to be out, guests, and if you want to get in touch and try and give us any suggestions of what you'd like us to talk about, what you'd like us, to, who you'd like to try and get on an interview, because that's something we very much would like to try and do soon. Um, well, we hope you've enjoyed this, Harry. How have you? How have you found it? I believe it's your first podcast. Uh, first one in the. Oh no, actually, second one I've done in these studios. Ooh. But our first, um, our first one together. I've enjoyed it. It's been a, been quite enjoyable, hasn't it? Yeah, and hopefully people enjoy our voices, thoughts, <laughs> and ramblings just enough to help maybe pass a bit of your time. Be on in the background, fill your day, give you a smile. Who knows? That's what we intend to do. And at the end of the day. That's what life's all about, getting a little smile. So uh, this has been the very first instalment of the Insert Name Here podcast. Who knows, next time we speak to you, we may be having a name to insert. A guest, perhaps. Let's hope. Fingers crossed, to quote Steve Ball. So for one last time, Harry Whittingham, you are how okay? I am how okay. Luke Mantony, you are how okay? I'm also how okay. So to all our listeners, thank you for listening. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.